Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hi, I'm Gail. And I'm Catherine. We are the active voice of Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and we're delighted to welcome you to today's episode. Each week, we showcase vital women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who continue to shatter the myths that we become invisible as we age. The 30-minute conversation with our guest focuses on several themes that we've agreed upon in advance. So thrilled to bring you today Jackie Walker, age 75. Jackie resides in Tampa, Florida. Her career began in the fashion industry. She started as the youngest couture buyer in the country and fashion was her passion. While working in a division of federated department stores, a dramatic job shift changed her life direction. She was promoted to human resource director in the same location. This was her aha moment. Jackie's retail and HR experience in the fashion world led her to understand that a woman's vision of herself has less to do with how she looks and everything to do with how she thinks. It was not long before she quit the corporate life and started her own image company, Option Dressing. From then on, she was known as the doctor of closetology. (laughs) Today, Jackie traverses the nation as a well-respected author, motivational and informational keynote speaker and trainer. Her two books with Simon and Schuster, I Don't Have a Thing to Wear, The Psychology of Your Closet, and Expressionista, teach women and tweens how to discover their blend of internal fashion personas that enables them to bring their closets into harmony with their lives. Jackie, it's such a pleasure to welcome you to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Shall we begin by talking about your younger years? What drew you to the world of fashion? I would love that. Uh, When I was a little girl, I lived in Miami with my parents. I'm an only child. And my father had some serious business reversals. So we moved back to Philadelphia and in with my grandmother. She lived in a lovely neighborhood. But because we had no money at the time, my clothes were tattered and, and not very wonderful to go to a school in a neighborhood like that. And I was bullied. And I remember thinking when I was younger, if I could have beautiful clothes, then I would belong. And someday I will grow up and I will be in the fashion business and I'll have such lovely things to wear that no one will bully me and I will belong with everyone else. And that's how it started. It was a dream. Wow. So you were bullied. Yes. What form did that take? Well, I was going to a school where there were a lot of wealthy children and they had wonderful clothes to wear. And I, you know, had on things that weren't as, you know, in those days you had labels that you wore, Villager and, and, you know, Bobby Brooks and all those labels that young girls had. And I didn't have any of that. In fact, I remember quickly, I'll tell you that on gym day, when we had gym, my gym suit I had to wear with a little sweater over it and a skirt over it. And it became my blouse because I didn't have that many things to wear for the week. And I hated wearing the same thing. And so, you know, they would say that I didn't have pretty clothes and 
and, and they would call me names. And it was just that my father couldn't afford it. I never said anything to my parents. I would never embarrass them. So I just lived with it. Wow. That, that had to be pretty awful. Yeah, it was. How did life change for you? Well, eventually, um, my father did well, and uh, he built himself up. He was wonderful. I'm an only child. I had fabulous parents. And, uh, and so anyway, through the years, you know, I went to school and I went to college, and then I still had that dream. I was going to be a buyer and fashion coordinator. So I became an assistant buyer in two different stores. And then eventually, as you said, I became the youngest couturier buyer in the nation. I worked for the May Company, I traveled to New York, and I bought beautiful, beautiful clothing. In fact, my mother got a job in a lovely boutique too. And so we just loved clothing. And I thought, oh, look at my clothes now. I can really, really belong. And it was all about the outside, what we wore, how we looked, and fashion shows. It was a very exciting time. So that went on for a long time till the aha moment. <laughs> and then that aha moment, you began to think about self-esteem, right? Well, I was working for Berdines, which is a division of uh, federated department stores. And I had been, you know, buying for them and a manager for them. And I just loved it. And I had wonderful people I worked with. And one day I was promoted to human resource director. I had been the rah-rah person in the store. I loved the parties and I loved everybody. And so they put me in an office and said, you would be fabulous at this. So the first morning I'm sitting behind my desk and a woman walks in who had every materialistic thing on. She was stunning. But as she opened her mouth, she didn't come to me for fashion. She came to me for insurance and hiring and her boss and problems. And I thought that first day, she has the cutest shoes I've ever seen in my life. How could she be so unhappy? <laughs> and, and then at six o'clock that night, I closed the door to the office and I thought to myself, this isn't for me. I thought all these years that if you had those clothes, that you would be happy. But I realized that day that if you weren't happy inside your heart and inside your mind, that no amount of materialism on the outside could make you happy. It's not about the next ring, the next blouse. It's about being happy inside. So eventually I did leave corporate life not that long after. And I had a dream. You know, I had this mission that I was going to travel the nation. I was going to work with women and teach them to dress from the inside out. I would inter I started with a day in the home and I still do that for women, but I would come in the morning and analyze you from a self-esteem perspective. What do you see when you look in the mirror? You know, how do you feel about your wardrobe? What do you love about your body, your life, your clothing? And then use my retail background to just bring your closet into harmony with who you are. So the doctor of closetology was a search for self-esteem through the psychology of your closet. And that's how it started. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, how old were you when you started your own business? Oh, my gosh. Let me see. Probably about not quite 50. Okay. I've always loved to reinvent myself. I've always had a passion for, I told my dad when I was young, I wanted to make a difference in the world. And I thought, you know, when I was a buyer, what was I doing? You know, I was buying clothing. But eventually when I had that aha moment, I knew that I could take clothing to a higher purpose. 
and I could make a difference in, in the lives of women when they looked in the mirror. And, and I can, can't tell you how many stories I've heard and how blessed I feel that I've been able to do that. You know, Jackie, you've, you talked about you had a dream when you were a child about if I just have the right clothes, then I'll belong. And then that dream shifted to, and then we know that you're a well-traveled author, a motivational speaker. Was that part of your dream also? How, how did that come about? Well, again, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a writer. I thought if I could be a writer and a teacher. And then, I, and then when the clothing bullying started, I thought, no, I need to have clothes. I need to really belong. And so as I started with the day in the home for women, um, and they would tell me their life stories, they would all say to me, do you have a book? And I thought, no, do you have a book? Do you have a book? And then do you speak? I have a charity. I'd love for you to be the keynote for the charity. And I thought to myself, okay, so I started to think about that. And then one of them said to me, do you want to speak to my charity? You know, can you do that? Well, of course I can. Well, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I became the writer. <laughs> so I went home and I wrote how to discover your internal fashion persona. The two things I'm really known for is if you take my quiz on my website, it's all free. Every woman is born with an internal blend of personas and there's attributes to each. So what happens is if you don't know who you are on the inside and what the attributes of your persona is, then you're always going to want to be someone else or you're never going to be comfortable in your own skin. And so um, it started with, again, speaking all over the place and working with women. And they taught me. They taught me. And then I invented something called architecture where I measured a woman's space because she's a pattern and she's based on heredity, short-waisted, long-waisted. And I figure clothing's a pattern. So I would teach a woman how to find the right clothing immediately so she didn't go through 14 things that made her feel bad in the dressing room. So it, I didn't know about that, but I believe that sometimes you lead your life and sometimes your life leads you. And I was just led in this miraculous path all these years and I'm still doing it um, and I'm still reinventing myself. To, to make women know that they're unique and they're beautiful. One of the things I, I, I believe is the doctor of closetology, I teach everyone, there is no such thing as age, there is no such thing as weight, and there's no such thing as size. And I don't let my friends or my clients tie their self-esteem into a number in the back of their pants. I don't do it. We're all beautiful and we're all unique. That's a terrific message to leave people with. Would you give us some examples of maybe how you impacted women's lives? Okay, let's see. Um, yes, I had a woman who hired me to come into her home in a gated community in Florida. And these stories are all in my book and I don't have a thing to wear. And I remember I arrived at her home and I looked around her home and it was stunning. I mean, she had everything. I mean, it was all complete. And we sat down, and in the morning when I analyzed her, I said, well, tell me, what do you love about your, your life? And she said to me, this is a true story. She said to me, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very unhappy because I live in a gated community, and I live in the smallest home in this community. And I said, really? And she said, yes. And I go to the club, and she said, and I, I, I interact with all these women, but when they have parties, they have two and 300 people. And she said, I don't have that space. 
So I'm miserable because I can't entertain. And I, for a minute, I thought she's kidding. But, but she was so unhappy because she didn't feel, again, with me in the clothes, she didn't feel worthy because, and she lived in a huge home. So that's one story. And, and, and I will tell you that after a day with her, her whole life changed and she knew that it wasn't about the house or entertaining. It was about the lovely family she had and the beautiful life and friends that she had. And the other one that I will tell you is I worked with, and she, she was so miserable because her mother had put into her head, you know, the colors she shouldn't wear. This woman was 60, and she was still reliving the things that her mother had put into her head and her boyfriends and her ex-husband that made her feel so unworthy. And I took her to the mirror, and I said, I want you to look at yourself. And she wouldn't do it. I said, look at yourself. You're so beautiful. You are looking at yourself from your past, not your reality. And today, she's so happy. She is just, we're still dear friends. And she said, I got past my past. And now she loves the mirror because it looks back at her and says, you're beautiful. I mean, those are just two of millions of stories I could tell you. I bet. Yeah, you're, you're doing quite a service to women. And I know you also work with, twe with tweens. When I met my husband, um, who's the best, wonderful man in the world, and he ended up, I lived in Florida, and he ended up bringing me to Chicago because he um, um, had a, a job in Chicago that he was, we lived there 11 years. And um, I didn't meet him until I was 59. And so um, we were living in Chicago. And through a quirk of fate, I took a train to the suburbs and there was a woman on the train and we sat together and I told her what I did and she told me what she did. And she said, you know, I'm a children's book artist and I love your, your feelings for women. She said, you know, you need to write a book for tweens. They need you. Start them early. <laughs> and I said, I don't have, I have two boys. I have four grandsons. I don't have girls. And, and my writing partner has no children. And she said, I want you to do it. And don't you know that a week later, I got a call from her New York agent, unheard of. And she said to this woman, this woman said to me, Jackie, I got a call. And she said, she told me what you do. If you write a book for tween girls, I'll be your agent. Oh my. <laughs> York City. So anyway, my partner and I spent one year in Chicago. We traveled the entire city and we got girls' voices. We went out to the neighborhoods in Chicago where poor little girls, you know, could get shot on the street. And we talked to them about what do you, how do you define beautiful? And, and, and are, have you ever been bullied? Because I was resonating with that. And oh my God, the stories. Then we went to the wealthiest suburbs in Chicago and we got their voices. And after a year, we heard their tone and we wrote the book and we literally called it expressionista because if you're a fashionista, you follow. If you're an expressionista, you self-invent yourself. You take the quiz, which is like my adult quiz. You take that quiz, you know who you are, you know what your persona is. And I wish I'd known this when I was little. And if a girl comes up to you and says, I don't like what you have on, you can look at her and say, well, you know, you're a classic. And you like what you have on, but I like what I have on. This is who I am. So I love you. 
Mm. I love myself. And you know what? Then you become friends. So the book was born uh, again with Simon and Schuster. And I, I just love it. And it has helped. I've done a lot of things with grants for underserved girls around the country using this book to teach them how to be beautiful. You, you live every aspect of this, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah, it's, it's really an amazing thing. And obviously your passion is to, is to help women and tweens to be who they are and not to be who they think they should be. Well, and what's happened now is in January, my husband and I sit down and say to each other every year, how can we be relevant? And that's what leads me to my passion about what you're doing, because, you know, at my age, I have a lot of clients my age, and I know they're searching. They're searching at 70 and 75 for a new love in their life because they've been widowed or divorced or abused. They're searching for a passion. Maybe it's just yoga. Maybe it's just ballroom dancing, or maybe they need a job. And what I love is now my new passion is to devote myself to helping these women find their new brand, their new life, and to take their talents and to know that anything is possible. To quote my husband, he always says, Jackie, this is just the beginning. And it really is just the beginning at any age. And that's my new passion. And Jackie, are you still doing that through the lens of fashion, of clothing? Um, basically, most of my keynote addresses are self-esteem driven. If I do use clothes, it's based on the persona of the women. So everyone in the audience looks on the runway. I never use professional models because they're not attainable to, to us. So what I do is if I'm gonna use clothing, I do it by persona. So if you're sitting in the audience, you're gonna look at that runway and you're gonna go, oh my God, she's showing classic clothing, that's me. Then you're gonna look at your daughter and say, oh, there's the romantic clothing. That's why you like prints and I don't. I can't imprint me on you. Let's go to lunch. Right. So, um, yes, I, I use clothing only based on the self-esteem. Okay, okay. And, and you've said several times that you reinvented yourself and you're still reinventing yourself. And it seems to me that you are so open to learning uh, about new things. Uh, your story about how you went to Chicago and and uh, interviewed girls all over the city to, to hear their voices about how they saw themselves. And uh, so is, is that, is, is there a just this driving curiosity that you have? What, what helps you continue to reinvent? I love people. I love women. And I love their stories. Um, and I think every woman has a story. Um, for a while, I wrote for the Huffington Post, and my articles are archived, and they were all stories about me and my mom and my dad, and my dad taking me shopping when I was little and trying to buy me something that he, you know, couldn't afford and wanting to buy it for me. So I feel like every woman has a story, and I want to hear all of them because I want to know how they feel on the inside and the stories that they're telling about their childhood and about their passion. And I am, I'm very curious because I feel like if I can help them or I can talk to them about what their next steps in their lives are, 
that that's my new passion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm really curious, but I just love people and I love women. I love to hear, you know, and I love to see them smile and be happy. Mm-hmm. Yes. We love women too. Yes. I know. <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, so do you ever think about aging yourself? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I never really think about that because um, I always, uh, I try to tell you a very quick story. When my first book came out and I was interviewed in a newspaper and she asked me all about, I don't have a thing to wear and things you're asking me. And at the end, she asked me how old I was. And I thought to myself, what does that have to do with my book? Mm-hmm. And, and I was, you know, it was in probably 2003 uh, when it came out. And so finally I said, well, here's how I feel about it. You know, I have a girlfriend that I love, and when she was young, she didn't have money like me, and all we wanted was the big box of crayons with the sharpener. (laughs) Remember? Remember? And all I could get was the one row. Yeah. So I I bought her the big box, and I went out to the beach, and I took the the coloring books. I bought Jackson Ball, and I bought pickup sticks, and we sat on the floor of the kitchen, and we colored, and we played. And, you know, I have to admit there was Chardonnay involved. (laughs) but I was seven again and then my son you know my younger son loves Pearl Jam and so I know all the lyrics I go to the concerts I I play video games with him and so really you know he's just 40 and then my (laughs) other son you know is 48 and he loves all kinds of things and I know everything he loves and we sing lyrics together and we talk about movies we just talked about all the movies that have just come out once upon a time in Hollywood and everything. So I'm 48. Uh-huh. And then I always say some nights when I'm really tired and I never let anyone see it, I'm 90. So what age am I? I have no age. I just have excitement for what comes next. Wow. <laughs> That's exciting to hear. It, it really is. You know, you, you are so inspirational. And your uh, approach to the way you think is obviously what keeps you going and having people want to talk with you and have you be their keynote speakers and, and all. And um, so, so has, it, it sounds to me as though this, this life you've built for yourself is exactly what you intended your life to be. Yes, you know, I, I, I think back, I say to my sons all the time, when you're living your life, you very rarely stop to look at it. Other people are looking at your life. And so, you know, when I look at my sons and what they've accomplished, I say to them, you know, I'm looking at what you've accomplished. You're just living it. And life goes so quickly. So my husband and I will, my husband's very accomplished. I'm very proud of him. And I always sit down and I, and I say to him, let me review your life with you. Let me tell you how proud I am of you. And he will say to me, you know, do you remember when you did that? And so for those moments, we stop and we think about that. The only thing that makes me sad is that I lost my dad at 61 and I lost my mother at 66. And I miss them being an only child. I miss them desperately. And I just wish, you know, that they um, 
they, they knew the beginning of my career, but I just wish they could have known more. But um, I have a bulletin board in my closet and I have their pictures on the bulletin board. And when I get dressed every morning or I go in there, I tell them what I'm doing for the day. <laughs> so I feel like they know. And um, I, I feel really, really good. I feel good about what I've done, but I feel like I can do so much more. Good for you. Good for you. Well, this has been just a pleasure. And, and I, I love what you've said. You, and I love what you're doing. And we'll have to read your book. For sure. <laughs> Books, plural. Books, yes, right. Yes. So thank you, Jackie, so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And listeners, we want to hear from you. Please share your thoughts on Facebook at Women Over 70. Ask questions, add to the conversation. Tell us what topics you'd like to hear more about. And please become an active participant in our community. Our goal is to create a conversation across the generations. You can access our weekly Wednesday podcast at womenover70.com. And if you know a vital woman over 70 who would be a great guest, please recommend her to us on our website. Thanks to the School of Continuing and Professional Studies at DePaul University for use of their recording space. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.